Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. He's very in love with himself. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he does have the capacity yeah. for love. <laughs> and I think we found the answer. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about The Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. All right, let's let's do do this. this. (laughs) You're up first. Guys, we really left Paradise on a high note last night. I mean, for starters, it was just two hours on a Monday night, and I couldn't personally take another four hours. Maybe that was why it was so enjoyable, but also it was just more interesting and more fun than basically the entire preceding season combined. I think the whole thing should have just been tape studio reunion, like the whole entire season. (laughs) And this is the first time that either of us has ever endorsed that idea. Yeah, it's usually the worst part of the show. But the best part is that the season is now finally over, and we can all just take a huge breath and go back to going to the gym on Monday nights, like I do in the off-season sometimes. But first, we need to recap the finale. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the choice of the new Bachelor. And to do all of this with us, we have Ashley Spivey, who you might remember from Brad Womack's second season, but who is also just one of our all-around favorite guests and people and Bachelor Nation tweeters. You should really check out her Twitter feed. Influencer. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag influencer. Spivey, your feed is like the only one... that I see out there like ours that is half politics and half The Bachelor. <laughs> I, I try to put some, uh, something in there, some levity towards it. It's just not all, you know, snark. And uh, I actually things. woke up today and I was like, I just had this urge to tweet about non-Bachelor things. I think during the season, I tweet so much on Monday and Tuesday nights and then the rest of the week, I don't want to look at Twitter. And today I was like, I want to tweet about politics. I think I'm, I'm going to tweet about a book that's coming out today. Like, <laughs> I'm just day to do so much, yeah, so much space has opened up for you, Claire. Um, okay, yeah. so let's get to the finale. Yeah, first we have 50 minutes of it was the so tape short. Footage. It was yeah. so beautifully short. They just like rushed through every breakup. We were like, okay, in yeah. and out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
It was a revelation. Yeah, Chris was there to tell them that it was the last day. And once again, he does this annoying thing that's like, wasn't this a wild season? No. The show was shut down. Absolutely not. And it looked like summer was ruined by this really depressing scandal that we're really glossing over here. But then summer was saved by an investigation. And we're all... (laughs) Here again, thank God, um, love, etc. It's like, in case you forgot, there was a shutdown. I don't know why they want to keep reminding us. I don't us. know either. No one forgot. Yeah. yeah. We'd <laughs> no like to forget. Forgot. It would be better for them if we forget. Um, but it's time for all of these couples and, like, Jasmine and Jonathan, for some reason, to talk about whether they want to take their relationship into the fantasy suite and walk out of paradise together, hand in hand. Hand in hand. Hand in hand. This was a real uh, hot phrase last night. Yeah. Like, which producer? I don't understand because I've never been scared by that expression. (laughs) I never thought, oh, if we do this hand in hand, like, I have to marry. I've never thought that. It's like a traditional hand-binding ceremony, (laughs) like at a wedding. Yeah. It's a thing. Popular within the Bachelor community. (laughs) Yeah, it was like someone must have defined this phrase for them in because there was a lot of a lot of pressure that all of these people seemed well, to be feeling. Also, there was a weird thing where Jack Stone was like, "I really want to leave this and explore our relationship hand in hand as a couple," and then Kristen was like, "I don't want to do it as a couple," and he was like, "Yeah, no, hand in hand as friends, not a couple at all, but maybe we'll get married, <laughs> probably." Um, I think he was definitely using it to mean one thing. And then Kristen was like, I see what, what you mean by that. And he was like, no, I didn't mean that. That <laughs> seems That completely... was the most awkward exchange. And she just seemed to be completely thrown by the fact that he thought they had anything romantic going on. Yeah. I think she was just done with paradise. I think she was done with being called scallop fingers. I think she just wasn't feeling the dudes there. And that was her just like moment to shine. And I I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, she told us, and she said this on some other podcasts, that like, it always just so much like you're tired and you're sweaty and guys keep grabbing you and kissing you and you're Ugh. like not really, you don't have time to like have conversations with them or really like differentiate them. So the idea that she could have a strong attachment to one of them must have seemed really like we just met and like yeah basically. we've hardly spent time together we haven't had real conversations so poor Jack takes himself off to the uh, car to be driven away uh, and Kristen she lives saying, her best life she keeps saying we're basically acquaintances I just want to point that out he's like I really see something with you and she's like we're acquaintances Friends, sort of. Acquaintances, definitely. (laughs) I'm just wondering what he was thinking because he doesn't seem like a dumb guy. I, I'm not sure what was going on there. There must. I wonder. Someone must have pumped him up. Yeah, someone definitely pumped him up because he seemed very confused. Then in his ITM afterwards, where he's like, "That was so confusing." Like, I, I, I'm wondering whether a producer was like, "She's so into you." You have to go down there, just, like, stake your claim, ask her to leave with you. She's definitely going to say yes. Like, she'll appreciate that you don't want to do the overnight date. And then he just completely embarrasses himself. I think that also, like, definitely that must have been a big part of it because he had a real head of steam up. But also, you can be really smart in one arena (laughs) and not that adept in another. And I, I, Jack Stone, I relate to him in that regard, like— 
you get like some smart people in a dating context, that doesn't mean that they're going to be good at figuring <laughs> that stuff out. Right. And I think he almost is too um, goal-oriented about it. Like he was like, I came here to find love and this girl seems cool, so probably we're going to get married and I should just go with that. And it's, it, Like he's not really feeling things so much as he's like thinking about what should happen next. I don't know. Right. He's like, we like each other. Why wouldn't we leave together and get that little bump in our Instagram followers and, like, see what happens? Yeah. He made his big declaration speech, and then she was like, I don't know. I was, like, scratching her mouth. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, no. Why don't we just, you know, we're here. Why don't we just make the best of the situation and leave hand in hand as friends, as a couple? Friend couple. (laughs) A friend couple. Um, A couple. She says every conversation we've had has been so swirly. What that confused me. I don't know what that means. I have no idea. Whoa. Kristen, please explain. Yeah. She's more of a feeler, I yeah. think. Um yeah. So Jack leaves and Kristen um makes her exit in a, into the ocean. Into the ocean. And then she said, Scalp fingers out. Scally. 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 Scally out. And all the girls are, like, watching. and The guys, too. They the guys. clearly were, like, stand over the edge and watch her go into the ocean. Yeah. Raven's, like, she's back in her natural habitat. This was never really the right place for her. She's at home now and free. <laughs> oh, God. You so know what? I'm Kristen, so ready for scout fingers yeah, to be done. I agree, but I, I appreciate that Kristen just kind of— she owned, owned it, it yeah. in an amazing way. And at the end of the day, she ended up coming off really well, I thought. I yeah. Um, and I think we first—I think the first conversation actually is between Lacey and Daniel. Oh, oh they decide to go on their date. This conversation is just an emblematic of everything that, that drives me nuts about Daniel. Um, she sits him down and is like, I think we should go on this date. And he says— there's a date tonight, and she looks confused. And he says, no, I know there is. I'm just teasing you. And then he's like, I want to go on this date with you tonight. I'm not done with you yet. Are you ready for the 4th of July in my pants? He's what so is repulsive. <laughs> it's like his— it just made me shiver. <sighs> I can't imagine wanting Daniel to touch me. Like, no. I can't fathom it. But she is so— into him. How? Why? The what? girls ask her why she likes, like, what attracts She said her everything. She everything. And that is so disturbing. It's I want to I me. just want to sit Lacey down and be like, let's have a talk about what kind of men you're going after. I was very confused about this. I, I think I even tweeted, like, I'm worried that maybe she's crazy because I could not <laughs> understand how she was so in love with him. One, because I didn't understand in a time sense. Mm-hmm. But then I someone told me, like, I guess they had been talking for, like, a year, basically. But from what I saw on the show, that is not love. And how she did not identify that is terrifying. Yeah, I— I think that she's she clearly came in really wanting to be in love also. Like, this came up, like, I came here to, like, find a husband or a boyfriend, and, like, I'm coming out of here with love. And even when she left for her grandfather's funeral, um, she was like, this would be so much easier if I had a partner to support me. I think she's, like, just projecting that at Daniel. And even though, like, only, like, 10% of it is bouncing back at her, she's, like, 
close enough. He's here. He's showing up. And the thing about Daniel is if you are someone who's projecting, he's so confusing that you can kind of decide to read whatever you want into him. Like, oh, I understand him. I understand the deeper levels. But it's like there's no no depth there. Yeah, you're seeing what you want to (laughs) see. He has the brain of a hot dog. Like, (laughs) there's nothing there. And I don't even know why you would want that. Like, Lacey, aim for someone that you can have a— intelligent conversation with and that treats you with respect. I think there is an element of, like, he acts confusing and weird, so maybe he's just so intelligent. Like, you know? (laughs) Like, there's this idea of, like, oh, he's actually really smart because everything he says is mysterious. And it's like, no, he's just... Speaking nonsense. Saying nonsense phrases and And letting us read into it. Or they're just... I mean, sometimes it's funny, but, like... That doesn't mean that he's some sort of genius. Like no, he's he's the um, you know the the random comic relief. Yeah, he's not the life partner. Well, I wonder how much of that is really him, or how much of it is a character that he realizes plays well on the show, or not necessarily plays well, but yeah. it gets a lot of attention. We yeah. have heard from people who have met him, like, oh, he's actually really smart. Um. Yeah, like Lacey really met him, and she thinks he's actually really smart, and I see very little evidence of that. Right, and I'm personally skeptical. uh, But this is what I I mean that I think people are are bamboozled by how bizarre the thing. Like that, he's not saying cliches. No, he's saying yeah, they're certainly of his own making. So maybe like that's the way his brain works. I I don't know. I do think to an extent it is a character that he's leaning into, and I think he's he is intentional. But about it just the way makes he me wonder it. what his whole, what his inner life is. Because I can't imagine him <laughs> being in love with a person. I can't imagine him getting married or, like, nope, any of those things. So, like, is it because he is not interested in those things? It's possible. Is it because he, like, just comes off as very robotic on TV Maybe, maybe he has those feelings and he keeps it all hidden away. But I'm just like, he doesn't seem like a person. He's very in love with himself. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he does have the capacity yeah, for love. And we, I think we found the answer. And who are we and hate on that? Like, <laughs> yeah, self love is great. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's just something about like the whole, like, oh, I can love my bros and I can love myself, but like loving women is like pathetic and yeah. weird. This is kind of the vibe I get from him. But, you know, he and Lacey decide to stay and enjoy the fantasy suite together. And um, I Jasmine liked and the, Jonathan. Yeah, I have liked a, that breakup because they were both just clearly not at all into each other. Not at all. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, it's been real. Great. We have to have this conversation. Okay, let's Especially part ways. Especially because, like, Jonathan was still going after Kristen's rose. And apparently, Jasmine had no idea. She was like, oh, well, it's like. Kristen and Blake or Jack Stone and it's me and Jonathan and meanwhile Jonathan is going up to Kristen and being like if I kiss you maybe you'll give me the rose so I like that whole thing kind of confused me like it felt sort of like Jonathan felt like he had to have the breakup with Jasmine because Kristen was already having hers with Jack Stone yeah I think that they were told they had to talk neither of them seemed particularly interested in having the conversation neither of them seemed at all like they weren't on the same page about 
about it. So it was a very short conversation. It was very short. Very uh, immersively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like I wrote down that they barely touched and then they she shrugged. <laughs> like body language was Yeah, really they were like, yeah, okay, moving on. Um, um, Raven and Adam chat. Adam takes Raven from Taylor by saying, can I steal my fiancé, please? Which is a joke I do not understand <laughs> because the, not only are they not engaged, there there isn't, like, an engagement component at the end of this season, really, like there has been in the past right. where they all have a rose ceremony one-on-one and maybe get engaged. Like, so what is he doing? Just trying to freak Raven out, like— it sounded like a joke that had context that we didn't see because no one seemed weirded yeah. out by it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I felt like it's like that thing where they showed Taylor and Derek being like, yeah, we need to have sex three times before we get engaged last episode. And I was like, you can't just throw that in there. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> where did this conversation that. start? It was like a really throwaway moment, yeah. which was weird. But um Raven is feeling a little more uncertain about the relationship than Adam. Um, she's like, I've been to the fantasy suite before and it didn't work out, so I don't want to get my hopes up. And he's like, I'm really excited about it. And she's like, me too. <laughs> so this is looking promising at this point. But they are going to the fantasy suite. And then Dean and Danielle talk, and it seems like they're also going to be, you know, heading to the fantasy suite. Um, because he picked her over Christina, and he's committing to their relationship, and Ugh, maybe I mean, they're going to take this out of paradise. They were just building this up so much. Like, we kept hearing Danielle last episode and this episode be like, this weight's been lifted off. He's really committing. He's giving this a chance. And we know that when someone harps on something like that too much in the Bachelor yeah. world, they are setting that person up to just be, like, blindsided devastated. and devastated. And Dean leads into into it in this very weird way, as he uh, always shocker. does. He's like, hey, so remember how when you got here, Christina and I were, like, dating? Um, yeah, that was a thing, and that made it difficult. But you were the only one that I wanted to meet coming into Paradise. And so when you showed up and you liked me, that was really great, and you're so cool. But... You're so cool, you're so beautiful, you're so amazing, but... When I woke up this morning and I realized Christina wasn't here, um, I realized that I loved her and I owe it to her to leave not in a couple so that I can talk to her after the show um, and, like, deal with that because it was a really real relationship. And she's like, okay. She showed no emotion. She's I mean, she's been she's very like ultimate chill like yeah. she's always very composed. I yeah. give her. I mean, I couldn't have handled myself so calmly. I would have. I would have thwacked him with a pillow. Flipped out. I mean, not it, really. Yeah, I don't condone violence. <laughs> it just put Danielle in in a shitty position yeah. to cause conflict between her and you know one of her girlfriends. Even if they're not the closest, they have all the same friends and. She, you know, she did take the approach of kind of just sitting back and being like, Dean, you need to handle what what you need to do. And at the end of the day, like, she got very little from it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really in that moment, too. I think she was having the realization that she was not going to be looked at positively in this situation. Because maybe if they did pursue a relationship after that, then they could at least present the, you know, 
fact that they really did like each other, they really did love each other, and then when she didn't get that, then she knew she was going to look like the other woman, even though that wasn't the case. it's true. But, I mean, I've I've seen her be attacked on Twitter, and I've seen the mean things that people are—I mean, I think she even went private for a little while just because— yeah. You know, she couldn't handle it. And I don't blame her. It's not no. fair. No. And no, I I can understand why on a personal level, Christina might feel hurt by her. But I, I in no way think Danielle did anything wrong. And I don't think that she is to blame for this situation. And it's just an unfortunate reality that when two women are put in this situation, the blame tends to fall on on them. Right, um, yeah. Even though people are definitely, definitely giving it to Dean. For sure. Yeah. Uh, he was, he's just so clearly mishandled these situations in every way and was pretty crappy to both of these women. Like he, to for Danielle to have to watch this back and see him being like, well, Danielle's just so hot. Right. Yeah. I mean, it really it just sends the, the message to he her. Used. Like yes. when he was like, Christina is so much more, I think he said insightful. Like smart. And smart. And then, but Danielle is so hot. And that, to me, would have hurt me the worst. That yeah. Would, I, honestly, I don't know which one would have hurt me more. Yeah. Like, They're both so yeah. upset. <laughs> yeah. Right, because either you're not desirable enough and right. or or you are only physically desirable and you have nothing that is is valuable beyond that. And, and no— no one wants to feel that way. No. Yeah. Either either side of that is pretty crappy. And I just, yeah, I mean, Danielle handled it with incredible composure. And she just was like, okay, you're going to make this decision. Like, that's yeah. on you. Yeah. Go do what you're going to do. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened, sort of. <laughs> um, we'll get into that later. Um, but meanwhile, Dean is, like, just losing his shit and yes. is in the moment. He's, like, sobbing. He's, like—he said—I wrote a lot of this down. He says, waking up this morning and knowing Christina wasn't there and knowing there was no way for me to be in touch with her, it killed me. I actually am in love with this girl, and I lost that to pursue someone else. If I hadn't gone on that day with Danielle, we would be here talking about Chrissy and me instead of Danielle and me. And then the producer asked what he'd say if Christina were there, and he said, I'd say I'm sorry and that she deserves better than me because she does. Yeah, and he says at some point everything that Christina has done has been the most pure interaction, which is such an odd phrase. But Yeah. Um, yeah, and he says – he does a lot of, you know, self-flagellation again. I'm sorry for being being an idiot. I literally hate myself right now. I mean, that's the thing about Dean is that he always recognizes when he's fucked up, and right. I think he has a good heart. But he has not gotten to the place where he can, like, translate those instincts into his actions. He doesn't have maybe, like, the inner strength of character (laughs) that he needs. Well, and I think this is an an unpopular opinion, but I think he does have a good heart. He's still so young. And the situations that he's being put in right now, a lot of the other guys are older. And not that that should make them be able to handle it better, but I think he just— I don't know. <laughs> he sort of yeah. crumbled. Yeah, he's made some very poor decisions. But then, too, you can see him really recognize that they are bad decisions. You, you can see him at least feel bad, which isn't always something we get from guys on this Certainly show. not. You know? It's yeah. actually kind of a rarity, which right. is why I think, you know, I would never defend anything Dean's done. But I do see him as someone who has the capacity to perhaps change and right. learn uh, and that— 
you know, we have to give anyone who is willing to do that kind of self-reflection some credit. Yeah. I heard someone on a Bachelor podcast say that Dean reminds everyone of their little brother, which is definitely accurate to me. But Mm -hmm. my little brother was way more mature about relationships in high school than (laughs) Dean is now, which is like kind of puts things in perspective for me. Anytime I'm like, he's so young, I'm like, I don't know. It's not an excuse. Probably because he had you as an older sister. That's true. true. I'm a great example. You taught him everything. Um, Well, I was always in like a terrible relationship and he was like, I don't want to be like that guy that my (laughs) sister is dating. Jesus. Um, So meanwhile, uh, Dom and Diggy are talking and he just made this big play for her after Freddie came in and took her out. Uh, But then Jamie came in and took him on a date. And she's, Dominique is hoping that they still have something that they can leave together um, because Jamie is also still there. And he says, the more I think about it, the best situation for us would be to leave separately as friends. (laughs) Okay. And then he's like, I think that I'm going to, have a great relationship with Jamie. I think she'll be so ec- ecstatic that <laughs> I told says her that literally I the her. same thing to him. Yep. I feel Let's, bad for Diggy. Do y'all follow him on Twitter? I yeah. love him. He's so <laughs> great. I just feel like he got the short end of the stick on Bachelor in Paradise. Hey, he made the wrong choice. He man. really did. But I do feel for him. He's a great, great guy. And so fun on Twitter. But I'm like, listen, I like I can't feel that bad for you because you had a beautiful, like, cool girl there that, that was interested, that in, was interested you. in you. And, yeah. and sometimes that's just how, how it goes, you know. Yeah, such is life. Yeah. Uh, but I did kind of enjoy Jamie's just very, like, you said that, but let's just leave on a good note, which means <laughs> being separate and not romantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it, clearly if we left here together, things would only go badly. Um, he did have two. Like, Jamie and Dom are really both. They're great. Seem great. He, like, he had the—but that's kind of the thing that ends up happening is, like, Dean had these two, like, really desirable women interested in him. And so did Diggy. And then you end up losing them both because you're like, how do I balance these two— women that I like and it's very difficult and at a certain point they're like no thank you yeah (laughs) maybe that's the secret to Bachelor in Paradise you have to stick with one one. do not let another one it's kind of true it is kind of true it only ever works out when you like really right just kind of stick to one person and explore that that's what happened with Izzy she was like maybe I should just get to explore my options a little and that did not go great yeah, I don't know if they'll do another one after this one, <laughs> but maybe that should be a strategy going forward that even if you are interested in another person, just wait until the show's over. Right. Go yeah. after them. <laughs> then you don't have to look bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, if you're also still interested in the person that you're with, then, like, don't gamble it. Exactly. You know? It's not going to work out. Yeah. Um, Learn from long. Dean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Robbie is excited to talk to Amanda. He didn't expect things to go this way. It's been so slow moving. <laughs> I'm so which confused is, about his obsession with how slowly this relationship is moving. Pointing out it's how been 10 days. It's so different for him. And I'm like, what you are telling America is that you, like, every time you have started dating a woman before this, you have had sex in, like, <laughs> less than 10 days, which, like, fine. But 
no one is going to be super impressed by that timeline. It's not like, wow, you, like, are really Waited putting ten in the time. whole days. And, like, ten days when there are cameras on you all the time. And, like, it's not, like, the most romantic. Like, even Taylor and Derek hadn't had sex yet, which is, like, they were way more far along in their relationship. Um, so he sits Amanda down. And... She immediately starts crying. (laughs) Which is not a good sign. He's like, great, cool, tears. Um, And she says, you know, I've had so much fun. You didn't do anything wrong, but I don't see this working out in real life. And I did this last summer, and I got ahead of myself, and I don't want to do that again. And he says, I don't want it to be like last summer. I want this to be our story. I wanted to leave here with you hand in hand. (laughs) No. She's like, but what our if they, story is over, Robbie. What if they left hand-in-hand hand as friends, though? <laughs> yeah, as a couple. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I just don't think it could really work out. Do you really think that, that it could work out? And he's like, yes, I did think it could work out. But the way you put it just now makes it seem like that is really dumb that I thought that. Um that was, like, actually ice cold, and I loved it when she was like, did you really think this could work out? Mm. Um, I feel like this was a good instinct on Amanda's yes. part, which she we clearly know after sort of went back on. But, like, she has seen the pressure that comes along with leaving, you know, engaged or as a couple on one of these shows and not being sure about it. And I am glad for her sake that she did not do that this time. And we know she only came here to get on Raya. So, like— <laughs> Mission accomplished, I hope, for her sake. Um, And she keeps—but she feels so bad. She keeps apologizing. She's like, you're such a great guy. You've been so kind to me. I think she just got caught up in being on Bachelor in Paradise and maybe wanting to have that with someone. Yeah. And then thinking, you know— he seems like a good guy, even though all of us are screaming, no, Amanda, yeah. no. So, yeah. I feel like there was this huge red flag, which is that he's really close friends with her horrible ex, that I kind of wonder why that never seemed to bother her. Yeah. Like, she wondered if it bothered him. I guess maybe she was thinking if he would be willing to throw away that friendship to have a relationship with her, maybe that meant something, even though most people know that that is a (laughs) horrible thing to do. (laughs) Um, And I think there was another red flag, which is his eyeliner. Mm, And his hair. (laughs) And his teeth. Everything about it is abs. (laughs) He's like all of these. He's a walking red flag. He has all of these very symmetrical body parts that individually are like, I am good looking. And then all together, you're like, it's just too much. He's in the too much. It's very hollow. Yeah. It looks I, like he was assembled. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, in a factory. <laughs> exactly. I want to bring this up because we were talking about it earlier. And I just want to say what we were saying <laughs> about how he's one of those rare people that even though they are good looking, you can see his soul on the outside. And, and that's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And like you were saying, Josh Murray, yeah. another one of those people, you can just tell. Yep. And that's he how I felt the, actually about a lot of He has the blink behind the eyes thing, too. Yeah. Like, in his ITM, when he was he was sort of fake tearing up and being like, it makes no sense. She just fucking gave up. Like, all of it felt so empty. Like, it yeah. was, there was no deeper 
emotion to it. Even though he was clearly upset, there was it's just off. Everything about him is a little bit off. I also can't tell whether he was like upset to be losing Amanda or upset to be losing the status of being a bachelor couple that would help his Instagram following. <laughs> yeah, especially because the way he pursued Amanda was so like, well, Raven really isn't going for me. So here's Amanda. No one's really paying attention to her right now. Right. I guess I'll just like. Here's Amanda and her more than a million followers. Yeah, it felt very calculated. And then even the stuff that she says about how nice he was, like she says in the reunion that he, like, brought her avocado toast every morning and stuff, that just sounds to me like someone who knows that that relationship will be beneficial to him. And so he's making the necessary, like, gestures to earn that relationship. Also, there's a reason why he was bringing her avocado toast. So she would take a picture of it, like everyone does. I mean, there's always an influencer thought in his brain, you know? Which, that is just so not sincere to me. Everything he does, like, I think that's why it didn't play well when he was fake crying because there was no emotion behind that. Yeah. He could see in his head, like, people, like, screenshotting him crying and being like, oh, I feel so bad for Robbie. But no one does. I looked in his mentions. There are a few crazy people still who are just like, hit me up, Robbie. Like, she let a good (laughs) man get away. And I'm like, who are those people? Well, and I feel like this is something that we've talked about with, you know, Bachelor alums that, you know, we've had on the show is just that it's especially now, given the way social media is, it's really easy to get caught up in your own importance, I think. Given that there are always going to be your super fans who are tweeting at you or commenting on your Instagram like you're the hottest person ever like yeah you know I'm gonna slide into your DMs and Robbie seems like the kind of guy who always had that like a lot of the people who do well on The Bachelor were like had an awkward phase in high school and then they got hot or something (laughs) like it's a, a place for people to to kind of shine in that kind of quirky off key offbeat like hot way And then you introduce someone like Robbie, who's clearly always been, like, the popular guy who gets the hot cheerleader. He totally peaked in middle school, didn't he? He did. (laughs) That's why he was so upset. Yeah. Because this is another, like, loss for him. It's just not working out. Yeah. He doesn't—that's the thing. He doesn't feel good about getting rejected. Yeah. Because it it hurts his own self-image. It's not about losing the person. And then he apparently tried to make things work out with her. But, you know, we'll get to that. Um, First, we have the fantasy suite dates. And it's only Raven and Adam, Taylor and Derek, and Lacey and Daniel left. Uh, Lacey and Daniel really did not fit into that lineup, I thought. But they're there. Um, And Lacey and Daniel's date is first. She is feeling in love with Daniel. And she's like, love is great, except, you know, you're always worried it's going to go away. We had a lot of insight about the nature of love on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's so happy that it's her and Daniel at the end. And she needs him to tell her that he loves Ugh. her. And he plays into this. like, Yeah, he plays into it. Right. But this is the most normal sounding their conversation has ever been. Um, he does say that he's starting to fall for her. She asks explicitly if he wants to leave in a committed relationship and after making a weird quip about he's like his facebook like change status, the facebook status and, and she's, she's like, like yeah, well, yeah exactly figuratively yes exactly <laughs> right and he says well i don't want you to go back to new york and date anyone so i we should be in a relationship like he is this is not confusing 
He says they should be in, an, yeah. in a relationship. Right. Um, and she's like, it feels great to be in a committed relationship. Ugh. Now that we're here, I realize how much we want to be with each other. I want to wake up in the morning knowing that Daniel will always be there. Oh, God. If he proposes, I would say yes. Nothing Lacey. could possibly go wrong. How can, even in the moment, like, how could she not be questioned? Like, she also says, Daniel's not a terribly emotional person. And all I wrote was, this is the understatement of the year. <laughs> Also, like he has no emotional capacity. He is performing commitment in this moment. And what's the long-term thing there? It's like, oh, he's not emotional. I got to I pride one like vulnerable moment out of him. Let's get maybe. married. I th- yeah, and then you're stuck with this guy who's emotionally illiterate for the rest of your life. Like I always feel like it was like a like a sexual blackout. You know how like, some of those people were like after they have sex, they're like, I love you. And then you're like, why did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> like I did not. They weren't even making out in this moment. <laughs> Maybe this was like after. Maybe this was after their sex yeah. tape. Who knows? She's oh, still wearing her dress. Another though. promo that they, they never kept showed teasing it. that they never showed. It was definitely Lacey at the fantasy suite though. Yeah, it was. Huh. And yeah. then they dub- they had voiceover of him at some point talking about sex tapes, and they just dubbed it in over that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I recognize the dress for sure. Um, this is not related, but I wish they had bloopers for Paradise. Yeah. I would have loved right? to see that. I guess Paradise is mostly bloopers, but they <laughs> could have gotten— like a whole episode of that. I yeah. know. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been more fun there than so, a lot of We this. didn't get enough—you know, there could have been more shots of random animals— Yes. Yeah, we we had a that. few crabs, but that's not enough. No. Yeah. Bring back the raccoon. <laughs> Maybe they didn't get a raccoon this season. <laughs> it ran away. Um, the raccoon was only booked through the first week of filming, and then they weren't even there. So, you know. Um, next, Taylor and Derek have their date. And basically, they just talk a lot about how important sex is for falling in love and how they need to have sex and— sex with each other and in this very (laughs) just the way that Taylor tends to talk it just sort of cracks me up it's so clinical yeah it's very (laughs) clinical but they're having this like very explicit conversation about how they're gonna like get it in yeah yeah basically (laughs) it was the most clinical fantasy day ever (laughs) but I I actually kind of like it because one thing I, I like about every time we see Derek and Taylor together is you see how she has talked to him about having you know, positive conversations or instructive conversations or healthy conversations, which is a nice thing to see on this show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a conversation that is is great to have, and it's kind of awesome that after this pretty short relationship that they're having a conversation about what intimacy and physical intimacy means. It's just— um, funny. It's just kind of funny to see it see it play out on right. on national TV. Yeah. But yeah, these these are definitely the kind of conversations that a lot of people would really benefit from having. Yeah, it's interesting because you see Raven expressing sort of similar sentiments, but in much more like sh- like veiled language. She's right. doing a lot of like, you know, there are conversations and experiences that we need to have before we can really know where this relationship is going and maybe we just need you know the time to explore these things and I'm like Raven you were talking about whether you're sexually compatible and we all know it like it's fine like people talk about these things differently but it's funny how Taylor is just like let's sit down 
and discuss how Sex. sexual intercourse yeah. is. Going. And Raven is like, I don't know, there are experiences that, I don't know, just help you yeah. explore. Yeah. Um, so that we have a pretty straightforward time with both of them in the fan and the fantasy date. We actually don't see Raven and Adam in the fantasy suite. Uh, during the episode proper. No, they just abruptly end that part of the episode. And I was Which like, was wait, so what? Weird. Are we done here? He offers her the fantasy suite card, and she's like, I don't know. I've never fallen in love and had it work out before. And then the episode is over. Because she's single. Which made me sad works. because then I was like, did she not get an orgasm? Is that why they didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, That's all I could think. And she's was, like, like so and it's still only been Nick who's made me come. Yeah. And yet here I am. Um, and so they they end the, at this point. It's like 7.50 and they come back and it's the studio taping. Uh, 8.50? 8.50. Uh, yeah, 8.50. <laughs> Central time. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It was central time. It was all <laughs> night, guys. Um, and it's been two months since they finished taping. And they've brought back Jamie, Diggy, Dom, Emily, and Haley, Jasmine, Alexis, Jack Stone, D'Lo, Kristen, Dean, Danielle M., and Christina, and um, Wells in the crowd. Why wasn't Ben Z there? Ben's, why wasn't Ben yeah, Z there? Know. And why wasn't Matt there? Huh. Didn't want to leave their dogs? I get. It was doesn't weird. Ben live in California? It's sort of weird. Even more confusing. Yeah, it's I'm also bit like because of what Kristen said about how he was had a thing with D'Lo on the show. I almost wonder if they wanted to avoid any of that, or if he and Matt just were like, I, I can't make it on that date. I don't really care. Yeah. Maybe. I wonder. Matt and Jasmine already had their sit down. But, like, if you're willing to film the thing at the end with Zeus, like, you're not yeah. willing to come on the show? I don't understand. I don't think I, I saw that. What? Oh, you didn't? the best No, no. I did. At the credits? The credits of the reunion show? It was Ben and his dog. And he was talking about how much he loved him and how he was reunited. Yeah, <laughs> it was really God. funny. Um, I'm really happy for that. Now I want to see if Ben <laughs> tweeted anything about why he wasn't there. Uh, meanwhile, um, Dean gets booed. He gives himself a thumbs down. Um, he's he's really feeling the self-hatred. Um, and good news because a, a lot of people still felt like there was so much to resolve between Corinne and Demario. Guys. Even after... All of the conversations and the news coverage and the individual sit-down interviews. Do we even really need to—I don't— He brings them out to see each other. What he says is the first time they've seen each other since um, the taping was shut down, which we know isn't true because there are photos of them on TMZ. <laughs> no, the photos of them on TMZ were right after they filmed this. Was it? Yeah. Yes. I think it was like the day after— It was the night— I'm almost positive that it was this night when they because they all went out to a club together after. Yeah. I thought oh. they mm, see. I okay. thought I thought different too, and that's so that started my dislike of this segment <laughs> off right away, just because I was like, "That's not true." And then she said she hadn't talked to him, which I was like, it, "That's not true either, right?" Yeah. Why I don't understand why there has to be all of these lies about this segment. I don't know. It's. I really do think that they're, those photos were from the day okay. they taped the reunion. Okay. Because it still, said it's 831. I, I think mm-hmm. it was. Okay. But they still talked, right? He had said that he had reached out to her. So I thought it was sort of weird 
that she that Corinne said at one point, like, I wish we could have reached out to each other. Because Demario definitely said, like, I reached out to her and she did right. not respond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then and then she was like, Well, he started talking to the media, so I didn't feel comfortable responding. It was like a whole thing. I think it's fine. I'm glad that they're both I was fine, just grossed and out I don't... by the way they teased it. Like they kept showing him being like I, I think it'll be just nice when we can move on from this and then cut to her like looking disgusted, which is right. not how the conversation went at all. And it just served to use this thing that they've both suffered through. Well, I think it's pretty clear that this again. show has exploited this situation for entertainment value each and every time. Right. Yeah. And not been instructive or helpful at all about these types of situations. And I think that's the thing I'm the most disappointed in because they had three times to do it at this point, and none of them, I think, gave a message that they should have given. Yeah. (laughs) No, and I do hope for both of their sakes that— they can move on from this and sure. go yeah. on with their lives. Corinne and I'm wants sure, to get back to her fashion line design. Of course, the most Ooh. important thing to plug that fashion that's, line. That's that's how they got them back. Is like you can mention your fashion. Yeah, line um, I did really like that. Demario shouted out to therapy. Yes, and yeah. his therapist. And I tweeted about it, and he responded to me. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the exchange now. Let's see, because um. it was actually really good. Oh, here it is. So he, I tweeted about it, and he said, real talk, my therapist was and still is my rock. And I said to him, like, I love that you guys talked about that, and also, same, I think everyone should be in therapy. And he said, I agree, it's a stigma in the black community that therapy is for the weak, and I want kids to know that therapy means strength. Good for him. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, he seems like a thoughtful guy, and, you know, I do feel for both of them that, They've had to grapple with so much negative attention, um, sure. and I hope that they can both get the therapy that they need yes. and move on from this. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, she she said she agreed. She said she's also in therapy. Um, so that's good. They're both. Someone tweeted help. at me that ABC should have paid for their therapy. I'm like, Seriously? that's true. Yeah. Are they not? They're I don't know. Like, I hope they are. I hope it wasn't the show's therapist. I hope. <laughs> My God, I know. <laughs> Which, it was Taylor. Not that I don't love her. She's actually great. I think yeah. her name's Sheldon Sheldon. Like, Wait, that's a great name. I know. <laughs> she's a very nice person, but. Yeah, no. Yeah, maybe need a, maybe a separate, yeah, a yes. separate therapist. Yeah. Um, and Demario says he hopes one day they cannot be connected in this, like, unpleasant way where there's a cloud over them. And she s- says, I think the cloud has cleared and now it's a sunny day and there's just dead silence <laughs> in the studio. And that was very awkward. Yeah. I was like, nice try, Corinne. Like, it's, it's okay. Like, it's not great for you guys, but you can't just pretend that it's over for both of you. Um, the consequences, unfortunately, continue. No. Um, but Once that's, again, though, I'll say, I really hope this is a platform for both of them to educate people on this situation because they don't have to let this define them, but they can do something good with it. And yeah, that's true. They have so many followers. Don't just sell, you know, hair gummy bears <laughs> or, or fit to yes, like, actually share with people what you've learned from this process, which will be helpful. Yeah. I I have more hope that, because Demario has been doing a little bit of that, right. and Corinne seems less interested in it, which is her right, but right. Um, yeah, I totally agree. <clears throat> There's my throat tickle. <clears throat> Hold up. 
We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with a lot more and some talk about the new Bachelor with Ashley Spivey. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. 
That's Z-O-L-A.com. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quinn's cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quinn's only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, hi Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And now uh, we return to, but really the best part of the episode, which starts right now. Um, (laughs) The twins get a little moment to revisit how shitty they were. They looked appropriately mortified watching the footage back, so. And then they're like, Jack Stone killed our vibes like a serial killer. And I was like, (laughs) you seem really sorry. Um, 
And then we turn to Kristen and Jasmine. Ugh, this was a little bit awkward and shitty to watch. Yeah. Um, Jasmine <clears throat> says she was hurt by Kristen. Kristen says she was hurt by Jasmine fueling the fire on social media. And Jasmine gets incredibly defensive and claims that all she was doing was defending herself. Because people were calling me and Alexis bullies and we're not. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, maybe just apologize right. for your behavior. Because in the moment, they did seem like bullies. Yeah. And I know maybe that wasn't their in- intention and they felt bad. But it seemed like it at the moment. And you can yeah. just say that. You can say, you know what? I was being a jerk. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. And that always plays better. Like, right. you don't need to justify every every action that you take. And I think, look, you've if you once you've been agreed to be on a TV show, you have to know that the whole story isn't going to be shown. That's right. literally what happens when you film a reality TV show. That must be incredibly frustrating. I mean, I'm sure you you can speak to this. Um, For maybe, sure. But like, I, I think the number one thing you learn is that apologize when necessary or be the bigger person because people will look more kindly upon you if you do that. Yeah. I'm I it's weird because the twins seemed more aware of that and I don't think of them as like paragons of maturity. No. <laughs> um but they definitely went the apologize unreservedly route and Jasmine is like there's stuff you didn't see. There's more to the story. You knew all about this. Like this is I think Alexis handled this pretty well. Yeah. She just sort of right when they brought up the story, she kind of took the attention onto her and she said that was me. I told this story because, you know, she sort of jokes, I was personally affected by the scallop fingers. She's like, it was not a mean-spirited. I I didn't realize it was going to be taken as far as it was. And, you know, I'm sorry if that was hurtful. And it just shuts it down from there. Like, there's really, yeah. there's no more discussion. I'm like, that that's exactly how you handle it. Yeah. And she didn't say, I was a horrible person and everything I did was bad. Right. She just sort of owned her part in it and said, like, Let's move on. Why is this such a big thing? Yeah. And then Kristen is able to kind of joke about how she loves scallops, and it yeah. totally changes the tone. Yeah, and I think she calmed Jasmine down, too. Yeah. 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 Which was smart, and that's what you do for a friend. Um, yeah. Also <laughs> confirmed on Twitter last night <laughs> that Jasmine is 30. She is not 26, and she's like, I don't know why they—because I tweeted, I was like, this is the mystery I want cleared up. Why did the producers insist on making her Chiron— say 26. That's very weird. And she was like, I actually have no idea. I'm 30. Maybe they thought I was Dominique. (laughs) I'd love to go back and see every time that they've done this because they did do it with Emily on our season too. Really? Really? Yeah. How old is she? I think they showed that she was, maybe they didn't show her age until it was her birthday. And then they said that she was 24, 25. I can't remember, but there was something weird. I mean, it's so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Weird things going on with her age that season. So I wouldn't doubt it. She was always, she was young enough. Right. And Brad was like 30. Yeah. Do you think they wanted so. to make her, they didn't want to say she was 23? Exactly. Yeah, mm, yeah that makes more sense. Um, I guess especially because she was going to win. That would right. be, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Chris turns the conversation to Christina and she says that she related to Jasmine in terms of wishing that the other person had come and talked to her beforehand. And she says, actually, Dilo didn't talk to her before um, approaching Dean. She actually had to pull her aside the next day after the date to see, you know, if Dilo knew the extent of their relationship. And she said she felt disrespected. Um, 
I'm I'm just relieved that this line of conversation didn't go on for yeah, very long. Me too. Um, I mean, we've kind of defended Christina a little bit, and um, so we've gotten pushback on that. And I get it. You're not supposed. You, you shouldn't blame the other woman. But like I, you know, when you have a personal relationship with the other woman, there can be hurt feelings. It's not to the degree that you should have towards the guy in the situation, um, but it's understandable to feel some resentment or some hurt at how things played out with someone you thought was a friend of sorts. Um, You just don't want to translate that into, like, bullying or, like, um, an outsized reaction. Right, an outsized reaction. And uh, D'Lo kind of grabs this and says, you know, it's on Dean that he should have communicated better with Christina. And And Dean agrees. He's like, you shouldn't be fighting with each other. And D'Lo made a good point that— she was like, I was being told one thing and I wanted to step back and ha- I thought that it was Dean's responsibility to communicate if he wanted to take a step back in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see why she might have made the calculation to not dive too far into that conversation. You can also see why Christina might be hurt by that. So right. I, I'm glad that Dean in this moment just said, you two should not be arguing with each other. This all falls on me. And I was like, Deanie babies, this is the first good <laughs> yeah. thing you've done. I find it so interesting because one season ago we were looking at the Kayla and Ashley situation where Kayla and Ashley weren't really friends. But Ashley went out of her way because she knew Jared was interested in Kayla to tell Kayla, don't go out with Jared. And then – like, no one really supported Kayla in the audience. Like, there was a, a huge backlash against Kayla for going out with Jared, even though Ashley didn't want her to. Even though Kayla really had no real obligation in that scenario. And, and also, Ashley was not dating Jared at the time. Right. And I feel like there's this—in one year, there's been this, like, huge sea change, and which is great um, in a lot of ways, to the point that it's like— now it's all on the guy. Like we we were we were barely mad at Jared at all. Like as Bachelor Nation, like I was kind of mad at Jared, but like <laughs> it all fell on Kayla. And this year we're like none of it should fall on D'Lo. It should all fall on Dean, which is like a huge way to come in one year to me. Like I think that's crazy. Well, it's I the think- election. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> D-Lo is our Hillary. Women supporting women. <laughs> the Women's March just really put this all into perspective, No, I, I think there is something to that that, like, it's almost more painful to see yes. some of these, like, microaggressions play yeah. out in today. You're like, I can't handle it. Yeah. I get it too much in the outside world. Like, give me some kindness between women on this show. Yeah. Which is a lot to ask for a Bachelor <laughs> show. Um, yeah, I think I partly defended Christina because she was so much more invested in Dean than Jasmine was in Matt, but she also handled it so much better. And then when she showed a little bit of, like, hum- human weakness, people were very quick to jump on her. That doesn't make what, like, blaming Danielle right. Um, and it's it's good that, that that was kind of handled early on in this conversation. And then from then on, it's Dean in the hot seat. And we get the flashbacks to the whole thing. And it just made me so angry at Dean all over again. We get that horrible line where he talks about how D'Lo's just hot. Like, it was just, it was so cringy. And Dean is just stone-faced the entire time. Yeah. Um, Uh, And you see Christina start to kind of tear up when we see Dean again saying, like, I'm in love with this girl. That must have been really hard. I mean, to watch that back and then given how things played out, yeah, that's 
Um, he starts out by telling both of the women that there was no intention of malice, which sounds like something that you would rehearse ahead of time. Definitely. Almost. I don't really blame people for kind of No, rehearsing. I don't blame them. I just am pointing it out. Yeah. Maybe Taylor gave him the one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should tell them. Yeah. There was no intention of malice. And he says watching it back uh, really hurt him, of course. <laughs> and uh, he says while it was happening, all I was able to see was what, what was directly in front of me. But then watching it back um, and seeing how much Christina was hurting um, to watch someone cry because of you is a horrible feeling. And he even says he, like, unfollowed her on social media because it was too hard to see things pop up from her. Relatable. That's um, relatable. And he says the feelings from the last day are still there. Um, and Chris is like, so you're in love with her? And he was like, I have m- very deep emotions toward her. Like love, but deep, <laughs> deep and profound emotions. Um, and Christina and- responds, and she's almost kind of trembling um, but she makes it pretty clear, like, they are, they are not together. And she says she hopes that whoever comes next for him, that he does not treat them the way that he treated her. And she says, you know, I had a love for you, and I was really willing to work on it, um, and I'll always have that love for you. And it was intense and real. But And then D'Lo, it's like a record scratch yeah. moment, because there, there's this trem- tremulous, like, well, moment of he, confrontation Dean between is kind Christine of directing Dean. all of his apologies and sad feelings, mostly towards Christina. Yeah. Oh, I, he keeps saying, like, to both of them. Like, I feel like he made a real point to apologize to both of them every time. Yeah, but I feel like that, that like, final speech, it was talking about his feelings that towards, was. towards Christina. And um, he's just said all of this, and it's this, like, beautiful moment. <laughs> and, and I then, admit, when they when Dilo started talking, I was like, shut up. And then I was like, oh, no, you need to oh, keep talking. No, no. Good for her she's for calling like, this out. Yeah, she's like, listen, you say that you were in love with her, you love her, but after we left the show, like an hour afterwards, you called me and came to see me, and we had a relationship that unfolded after Paradise. So, like, what was all that? Did you just want to get with me and then go back to Christina, which, I mean, basically it seems like yes. Like, I don't yeah. really— well, it was probably that he knew they were going to have to ride on the plane together. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they both live in California, right? Like, and he was like, I know how to, to deal with this. Time. Let's yeah. hook I mean, up. And we've seen photos of them hanging out right. together in yeah. L.A. Like, they were—from everything we've heard, like, they were sleeping together yeah. after filming. Yeah. And he says, is that really what you think? Like, he's really offended. But, like, the evidence is stacking up. I don't know. Um, and Christina says, um, careful what you say here, Dean, because we tried talking a little bit again after the show. So are you still flip-flopping us? I don't know what's happening. And he says, yeah, the indecisiveness <laughs> continued after the show. And she says, enough is enough. Oh. It, just like the tension, I could feel it through the TV. is. It I mean, felt like a, a very situation. Yeah. yeah. See, I kind of felt like that was his move to try to win Christina back. And I almost felt like he was not maybe annoyed at D'Lo. And oh, everything, he definitely was because annoyed. He was like barely looking at her. Yeah. And he was definitely more, I don't think he was like being mean to D'Lo, but he was kind of more snappy or kind of quick to say things to her as soon as she started talking. So I think like, 
after this, it seems like he's really done with her. I don't know if he would continue with Christina. I saw some people on Twitter last night saying, I hope they get back together. And I was just like, no. Like, what about the situation makes you think that? Because it's like a romantic comedy. Like, he hurt her, but he loves her. And then he figures his shit out, leaves the other woman, and goes back to the right girl. But really, he just treated both of these women pretty poorly and... Hopefully both of them find people that don't, don't treat them it. that yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> like even like I just don't see how Christina could ever forget what happened. Yeah. yeah. So like and never settle for a person who has to see another person before they decide how they feel about you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Dean really was like, once we get out of paradise, I can hook up with Danielle without Christina seeing it, so it won't hurt her. I'll get it out of my system. And then by the time the reunion comes around, I'll be, like, really ready to patch things up with Christina and we can, like, see where that goes, which is just so dumb that he so thought dumb. that would work because D'Lo can speak words and reveal things that have happened. Right. And their social media, yeah. which obviously captured the two of them together. Yeah. It was really moronic. And, um, and it didn't seem to uh, work out that well for him. He sort of wrapped things up um, by just owning it, apologizing to both of them. He says, I want you both to know that I'm sorry for my actions in paradise. (laughs) I'm sorry for stringing you both along. Neither of you deserve that. You're both incredible people, and I'm sorry. And Chris says, this is the most uncomfortable hot seat I've ever seen. (laughs) Chris Harrison. Yes. Um, I don't call Christina Chris. We're not on those terms. (laughs) We're we're more formal acquaintances. Um, And next— Amanda and Robbie broke up on Paradise. Are they still dating? Um, no. No. Spoiler alert. Definitely not. <laughs> Despite the avocado toast. Apparently they they, they live close to each other. They started hanging out again after the show. He asked her to be his girlfriend. Um, but she says, you know, he only wanted to hang out when it was convenient. We never really talked. And she gave him a bunch of chances. And 20. 20. 20 chances. chances. That's a lot of chances. It yeah. is a lot of chances. Especially because it's only been like two months. Like, <laughs> Jesus. What's going on? Um, the twins bring up the cheating rumors. And this is where the twins are are great because they don't really give a fuck. And they're like, Amanda's our friend. Right. We're going to be the ones to call this out right now so she doesn't have to. They're like the Greek chorus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Amanda's very non-confrontational. So she's just sort of like... Yeah, well, um, there were those rumors, but, you know, if and and I do have photos where it really looks like you're making out with someone else while we were dating. But, like, you were there, and if you say it didn't happen, I guess I have to believe you. (laughs) Um, Robbie is, meanwhile, trying to say, like, oh, it was just, you know, sometimes in a relationship neither of you can, can give the other person what they need. Yeah. But he definitely wasn't unfaithful, according yeah. to him. Um, um, he was in Colorado on business as an influencer. He was influencing <laughs> in Colorado. What is his business? Influencing. And doesn't he have that, that weird clothing Teeth company lightning. with Chase? Does he? Yeah. Is it an influence company? <laughs> Just influence. Just Pedals does influence. Does Jeff Holm do it with them? Probably. Oh. Yeah, I think so. Gross. Oh. That is a house of grossness. <laughs> And um, and this kind of ends up playing out some more on Twitter afterwards because Robbie ended up tweeting a long statement that I believe we have. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. 
We're going to do a dramatic Ashley, are you ready to, do you have it pulled up or oh, do you want to use my laptop? Oh, I just had it. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do a dramatic reading yes. of Robbie's lengthy statement. Okay. I think I'm ready. <laughs> While I won't be one to resort to vicious social media attacks, at the finale, I felt like I was sitting next to a stranger. I'll never understand why there's such a desperate need to present an innocent persona, that was in quotes, <laughs> and resort to allowing allegations that are blatantly untrue be said about me by the twins, also in quotations, which is weird, <laughs> while one sits back and unknowingly, quotations again, watches these malicious attacks continue against me. That's not the behavior or accountability I expect from someone that claims that they care about me and was open to developing an actual relationship. I've upheld their name both publicly and privately with respect, regardless of the several outgoing threats I received. I just like these things in all capital letters. Yes, I'm friendly and personable with many people, but I have respect for myself and even the person I'm casually dating. So I, I keep my interactions appropriate. I don't use the media or my friends to handle personal... Re- Is this by Trump or Robbie? Like, <laughs> it's so Trumpian. <laughs> okay. It's uh, taking it straight to the people. Right? And have seen happen many times before. History is repeatedly showing that some people thrive off using the media and their army, quotations, to manipulate the viewers and to place one-sided blame, constantly play the victim, and use their friends to try and assassinate one's character. Your storyline is getting old. At some point, it's just you to stop living a double life. And at this point, everyone sees through it. God bless. That could be so many different things. It could be by Trump. It could be by Taylor Swift. Like, yeah. Well, why, yeah. why are there so many things that are hyphenated that should not be hyphenated? Yes. There's a lot of very interesting grammatical choices made uh, in this statement. Also— Like, what is the thinking? What was his thought process in posting this? Why did he think this would possibly be good for him? Well, it accomplishes a lot. (laughs) He establishes that he won't resort to social media attacks. (laughs) While while also— Using social media to attack. To attack. Um, He calls her behavior malicious, but he's not attacking her. So he's really killing two birds with one stone there. He's upheld her name by not saying it, by just— also, he should call her anonymous. <laughs> Does he understand that that the way you use sarcastic like, quotations in a way— Like scare quotes? Yeah, that's—the twins, why would you put the twins? They are twins. <laughs> I, you can always tell a Trump follower because he's yes. seen quotation marks mo- used in such— And all caps. Creative all caps. ways and all, all caps. caps. Very Trumpian. We're not surprised that he— wants to make America great again. <laughs> yeah. Also, he throws in that they were just casually dating, which is not what I call it when you use the term girlfriend. Like, if you have a girlfriend, then you're not casually also, dating Also, he very clearly said to the camera multiple times that he, like, wants a wife and he wants little Robbie is running around and he, like, wants to Ooh. meet Amanda's children. So, yeah. to me, that seems less casual than we are in a relationship, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Amanda tweeted out a well, photo. But first she said, she responded to him and said, quote, a desperate need to present an innocent persona. 
um, dash the guy who denies cheating when there is photo proof. Hashtag be a man already. Yeah, I read wow. that as Beeman already. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, it's all no lowercase. Uh, and then an hour later, because it was, you know, kept being responded to, she tweeted out a photo that very much looks like Robbie is making out with a woman. And to be clear, he has never denied he's the guy in the photo. So that's not the question. It's, I, is he making out with this woman? If he's not, they are nuzzling each other's necks. They are necks. necking. <laughs> they are literally not necking. Just talking. No. Unless you are talking with your tongues. Yeah. Because, yeah. Even if they're not making out, this is not the way you want your boyfriend to be conducting himself with another woman. Yeah. So this is the photo that a fan um, saw Robbie with this woman and alerted reality Steve, but she sent this photo of them making out only to Amanda, and she said it was Amanda's to look at. And Amanda decided to uh, to spill the tea. She, I feel like she was. I feel like she was pushed to that point. I'm yeah, she tweeted, "Look what yeah. you made me do." A little, a little tea swift. Yeah, uh, which is ironic, really, considering. Um, that's just her using her army. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> army of one. You know what? Good for her. He's using, he's like invoking God. He's yeah. being like a complete asshole on social media. Good for her. Yeah. But I think it is time for us to note that this is very similar to the Josh Murray situation. Very. She gets like pulled in by the the conventionally hot I guess. Like, it's hard for me to evaluate because I find them so repulsive. (laughs) The conventionally hot, like, jocks who uh, tweet Bible verses, but who are just shitty people. There's a reason that Josh and Robbie are friends. Yeah. Or were friends. Yeah. And she, apparently, she never questioned that at all. Apparently, they're still friends because they were tweeting to each other about the libraries that they could compile, I guess, of stuff about Amanda. Wow. That's charming. Yeah. Yeah. That's real great. Oh, Yeah. Let's see here. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah. Oh, did Josh delete a tweet? He must have deleted it because yeah. it doesn't show it now. Mm. <sighs> Robbie doesn't have a library. Yeah, they're both trash. <laughs> let's let's move on. I have no sympathy for either of these dudes. Uh, and I'm just happy that Amanda can finally eat pizza again. Me I think too. that is the greatest gift that she could possibly get from Paradise. But do you think she's going to be able to eat avocado toast after this? You know what? I That's think she fine. might be able to persevere. Pizza I hope so. over avocado. Yeah. Toast. <laughs> All day, every day. Uh, so now we get to see the final couples, and things, if anything, get crazier. Uh, Lacey comes out first. Um, she's she's really feeling uh, her oats. She's giggling. This is the most likable Lacey has been the whole season. Mm-hmm. Is in this segment. And she explains that she's known Daniel for a while. They met a year ago at Vinny's birthday party, and they hooked up a little bit that night. And then she says they became close friends, and they talked every day. That's a lot. That is a lot. And Well, it kind of explains, though, why she would have very openly said, I'm here for Daniel. She jumped into his arms. She clearly had this idea that they were very close. What's weird to me about that is— why would you go to paradise to meet Daniel if you're already very close friends? Very true. Because I don't know. he wants to be on television. Right. Which should That's have been true. a red flag for her. But, you know, in this world, I feel like they all— Half of these people went on paradise with boyfriends. So, like, I'm— Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then she says, 
during the alone time in the fantasy suite, it came to your attention that he was lying about his feelings and then just paused for the sound of no one being shocked at all. Yeah. Um, she said something just didn't really feel right when he said he was falling for her, which, yeah, because that doesn't sound like something he would ever say to anyone. And so she confronted him about it when they were alone, and he admitted that he didn't mean it and that he wasn't really falling for her and he didn't want to be in a relationship. So did a producer show that? clip to her or let her know that he was lying or it's she weird because she's she says that she confronted him when they were alone and he admitted it mm-hmm. but then we also see like the morning after footage but was right. that footage from the bathroom is was it definitely from the morning after or, Maybe or was not. it from the night yeah. oh i don't know because he used the same word i know right. but it, it could have yeah. been because it was in the bathroom it could have been right after they had that conversation and That's i wonder true, right? I wonder if that was from before. Yeah. And then maybe. he she pressed him when they were alone. Mm-hmm. Which he says he can know. never really change his Facebook status to in a relationship with Lacey. Once he which <laughs> I, I have to tries, say it, you don't have to do. It's I, not a necessity. I don't think I've ever put on Facebook that I'm married. Like is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, you're I, you're technically legally single. I I've think. been oh, fake wow. married yeah. to a friend of mine, I think, since I got Facebook more than 10 years you ago. You can't even see so. it anymore, right? Yeah, it's I don't like think it really matters. and stuff like that. It's yeah, they're de It's not even a real, <laughs> real reference. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this was just so awkward because Daniel basically pretended that he didn't say any of the things we literally just watched him say on camera. Yeah, he comes out and he says, oh, they, we had a nice relaxing time. And Chris says, well, what about all that stuff that we were just talking about? And he said, oh, well, I told her, you know, we have to be realistic. You're in New York. I'm in Vancouver. I, You know, I only would really want to be committed if we were going to get married, and I just wasn't sure about that. And Chris says, well, your accounts aren't matching up. And Lacey says, maybe because one of us is telling the truth. And one of us is trying to look good for this live show. Yeah. And uh, Lacey's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she really kept kept going at him. He says, well, we didn't see eye to eye on certain topics. And she says, yeah, I don't say I love you and I don't mean it. And he's like, well, you never said that. And she's like, we literally just watched me say <laughs> yeah. that to you on camera. And he's like, well, I didn't say it back. And Chris is like, well, you you did say you're falling for her. And, he, and he's like, well, well, I don't even know. What, I don't even know what that means. And Lacey says. You've done two of these shows and you're 32 years old. Yep. What do you think that means? It's what everyone says right before they say, I love you to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, it always follows with that. Also, if you say you're falling for someone, that's a pretty good indication that you are into them at yeah. the very least. Yeah. yeah. It's not confusing. No. Um, he's trying to play semantics here, and I just want to say this is more evidence that he's actually not that smart because he's doing a terrible <laughs> job. I also love that he then brings up how, oh, but I told you to come to Vancouver. And she's like, well, that was a story that you just dipped into a story that I wasn't planning to tell on this stage. And everyone from the audience is like, spill the tea, <laughs> do it, Lacey. Like all of the fellow cast members. She says he came to New York for six days and spent one hour alone with her. And he invited Vinny along for everything else. Hmm. And she says if he liked me as much as he likes Vinny, then we wouldn't have an issue. Yeah. And understandably, she's like, well, why, why should I go to Vancouver when? Yeah. 
you just treated me like shit. Which, good for her. Yeah. yeah. Is she hinting that he likes Vinny? <laughs> I didn't think so. I don't think so. But maybe, okay. I don't, I just, I, Daniel's just so confusing. I, it's hard for me to imagine him. There's something, too, about, like, even just any kind of, like, sexual encounter that I that like is authentic that I feel like you have to like let go a little bit and I feel like Daniel I can't envision him doing that yeah. it's just got to be a little bit like making the snarky comment and like negging the other person yeah. and he I feel just, like he get he can be closer with bros because there's no expectation of vulnerability in that relationship that's very true he really played this entire situation poorly yeah yeah down to his very tight outfit very tight. And what is this idea of where you wear this, this vest that goes under a three-piece suit by itself? Not a great look. No. That vest is meant to be half hidden. Someone help him. <sighs> I don't really but care what happens. Beyond beyond help. <laughs> Frankly, I'm just like, let him sink, you know. Yeah. I'm not invested in Daniel. Um, <laughs> and here come Adam and Raven. Um, they look very cuddly. They're clearly together. We get the morning after footage of them. They went to the fantasy suite, and apparently Adam is a morning person, and she is not. I felt very sympathetic to her in that moment. Um, she's like, he needs to calm down. <laughs> um, and she says, we knew we liked each other's company, but we didn't know how much until the last night, which is another moment where I was like, I hear what you're saying, Raven. Yeah. And up what you're putting down. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, so they come back to the studio, and Chris says, can I just thank you, because this has been one of the weirder nights of my life, and, like, <laughs> finally some good news. But honestly, I was enjoying the weird drama. Me so. too. It's very entertaining uh, yeah. for the first time this season. And they seem—Raven and Adam seem really cute. I'm on board. Yeah, they've they said they've been traveling, and this is where I, I admit that I knew they ended up together, because I have a friend from college who— ran into them in San Francisco, like, at a cafe while they were, they were, like, on their way to, a, like, a weekend at a winery or something. And she sent me a picture with both of them, and she was like, they seem really happy. And I was like, oh, the show's not over yet. But okay. Oh, <laughs> But this, this season was so deeply spoiled. Yeah, that, it didn't like, even really matter. That's honestly not the point. But they, yeah, apparently they've been traveling all kinds of places together. And, and there was something that felt really genuine about these final two couples and and because they have had time together in the real world before we get this big build up of like I'm gonna love you forever it none of it rang quite as false or constructed as some of these proposals at the end of paradise have felt in the past yeah. um and and it's very sweet to say to see someone come on this stage and just be like we're boyfriend and girlfriend and it's going well yeah we're really cute <laughs> I didn't get that until the last episode, though. Like, yeah, I, I didn't they think didn't it was show that much. Them. Yeah, they didn't show that much of them. So it was nice to see them. Actually, they were definitely like kind of always tucked away in a corner, like looking yeah. very sweaty and hungover, and like hanging out in a hammock or something. Like they were just laying low. Well, and also we've seen that. Okay, they've been traveling. They've been building most of this relationship probably in the two months that they haven't been on camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's and, kind of another Bachelor in Paradise truth too. Quieter people who stay out of the drama end up with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like when Jade and Tanner, we, like, never saw them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Evan and Carly, even though they were weird, but they weren't necessarily like involved in drama. They no, they, they just made jokes about thing. each other more right. than their, anything. Their drama was all like between the two of them. Exactly. And there was actually kind of a weirdly large amount of it, um, considering <laughs> that they ended up together. Right. And are having a child. Yeah. yeah. It was never like Carly them. was like, I'd rather date this other guy. It was always just like, do I like him? Right. Right, but that's her grappling with their relationship, not like looking outside yeah. of it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and um, and then Raven's family comes out to meet Adam on stage, um, which is fun. And finally, it's Derek and Taylor, and they seem really happy. Um, they talk about how the last time she was at a reunion show was really unpleasant. It was traumatic for her. And they cut to Corinne, who's still sitting with the rest of the cast, looking sort of like, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Don't mind me here. Um, and, wow, their fortunes have really turned in the Bachelor franchise since since the end of Bachelor. For both of them. Yeah. Um, and Derek says, you know, the shutdown allowed them to really dig deep and have real conversations and then we see the morning after footage, and she's sort of, like, lying next to Derek in bed. And she's like, last night was me taking a very intentional step toward being in love with you. I love that this is just the way she talks about everything. It's kind of amazing. And he's like, I'm really glad to hear that. That feels great. Um, but she's being really cute in the, in the moments. She's like, Derek cares so much about me. And I'm like— Dude, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> Go away. I loved that. I liked when she said that too. Yeah. It was so cute. And I think that's like the kind of thing people need to see from Taylor because they're like, does she not realize that she's like fucking like obnoxious? And she's like, no, she's I know. She's like, no, I know. I'm a pretty self-aware person. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, I got to take all of Derek in last night. Oh, that, that killed <laughs> me. Oh, and she, <laughs> she gives the camera like a really significant look. That was amazing. Um, and they are ready for real life together. And apparently he went right to home to Seattle with her after the show. And he says they've made a commitment to get to know each other as intimately as possible. Taylor's really rubbing off on him. Yeah, yeah they're really just like, uh, yeah, yeah, as many sexual innuendos <laughs> as possible. Yeah. I love it, though. It's yeah. entertaining. No, it's great. And they it's just clear that they genuinely have so much affection between between them, yeah. which is nice to see. And then Derek says, uh, you know, thank you to the show for making this happen. And Taylor, you're so intelligent emotionally and otherwise. You have such a big heart and you're so beautiful. He's like, you know what? Like, isn't, isn't she beautiful? beautiful? Like, stand up. And like, Taylor's clearly like, what are you doing, dude? Like, this is yeah, weird. Yeah, you can see her, her face. She's like, are you like, showing me off? What is about to happen? And then he keeps, like, holds her up and he's like... I'm so nervous. And she's like, oh, God, what are you doing? And everyone is, like, freaking out. Danielle is just, like, she's, she's like, Stunned mom in the front out. seat got her arms <laughs> out. And one thing about her, we never got to hear from her. So yeah. apparently they did talk about it, and they just didn't air it. Awesome. I mean, what I get to hear about her and Wells. What I heard is that she, I think, had just really gotten back from her trip that she left for her, like, work trip, and they hadn't really had a chance to 
talk things over themselves. So I think that's probably it was a really dull update, and that's why they didn't tell us. But that's what Christina kept on tweeting about. Yeah. It was, like, one of the most shared tweets yesterday. Yeah. Well, so I guess because they did talk about it, and she thought it might be aired, but it wasn't. Mm. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Back to the old proposal thing. Um, And he says that she is his equal, and they're, like, a team, and he built a fire for her. Even though she could build one for herself, but now there's a fire in his heart. I really didn't do a great job transcribing no, yeah, this, He guys. said, early in our relationship, I literally built a fire for you, even though you're a strong, independent woman who doesn't need a man. I, love that. <laughs> I loved that. And he said, and yeah, figuratively built a fire in my heart. Um, and he says, I choose to love you this minute, this hour, this day, and every day from here on out. And then he kneels and proposes. And she's, and she's just like, she's sobbing. She's got her hands up to his to her face, like crying when he kneels. So he has to like pull her hand down <laughs> before he proposes. He's With like, that, come here. Come here, buddy. The ring looked pretty nice. It was. Yeah. It was tasteful was, as yeah, far was, as Neil Lane reigns go. Uh, she's like crying huge droplets oh, onto his hands. Um, even Corinne looks happy. Um, it's really nice. Their rose petals fall on them. And, uh... It was one of my favorite proposals that I've ever seen on this franchise. It felt personal to them. Mm -hmm. It felt genuine. Um, and we actually had the two of them here in studio. And we'll have a bonus interview, uh, with the two of them running tomorrow. But he, as a little preview, he did say... Um, that he, when he was thinking about the proposal, you know, he was sort of grappling with how do you make this something that people watching can appreciate and also make it personal. And he's like, at the end of the day, I just leaned into it being personal and not caring as much about whether the audience, you know, understood every reference I was making. And that came across and it was really nice. I think it helps that he looks so much like John Krasinski, too. (laughs) So, like, the whole time he was proposing, I was just having, like, flashbacks to the office. of Which he tweeted about. (laughs) Yeah, so I was just like, okay, I'm in love with him. And it was very (laughs) similar in terms of the surprise factor, the sudden kneeling, the tears. Yeah. It was very Pam Beasley. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of the beautiful note that we end this season on. And, um... We are not going to have to do this again for so long. No. But before we go, let's talk about who we will be discussing a lot in January. Ari. Ari Leidendike Jr. Leidendike Jr. Leidendike Jr. I never know how to pronounce his last I'm name. Never yeah. I'm just like, Ari. <laughs> Ari yeah. Jr. Yeah. I say it differently every time. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt kind of apathetic about the choice, kind of confused, had mixed emotions. Um, My first reaction was both like, oh, I really liked him on Emily's season. And also my immediate worry was, is this a signal that they want to go back to quote unquote traditional Bachelor, which has meant very white? Uh, Mm. And so those were my two kind of competing initial things because obviously, like, he was really fun to watch pushing Emily up against the wall and making out with her. So that's definitely a plus in A Bachelor. Yeah. Ashley, what were your thoughts? Because you seemed pretty positive about this. I, for one, was very excited um, only because I really felt like after Emily's season, they were going to pick Ari. Um, You know, I got to meet Sean actually around the same time that they were doing— 
I guess, picking The Bachelor. And so after I met Sean, I was actually like, oh, well, he's great too. And I think I even maybe sent a message to producers, and I was like, if you don't pick Sean, you're an idiot. Um, (laughs) Just because I I had met both of them, I thought they were both great. If there was ever a season for dueling Bachelors, I think Mm. that would have been awesome, just because they were different, but also both great. Um, But no, I mean, I was pretty pumped about it just because I felt like people in terms of this season were very divided. And it was nice to kind of just throw just like a random in there, even though he's not (laughs) random. Like people have wanted him to be the Bachelor for forever. Anytime that a Bachelor has been brought up since his season, people are always like, Ari, you know, like, yeah. It's never died down. I mean, maybe it's just that it's older people saying they want Ari. Um, I loved how many people acted like they didn't know who he was. Although, if you're a true Bachelor fan, like, you know who he is. Yeah, I think there is an element, a definitely generational element, because there are always new people watching the show, and that's why it continues to have this, like, growing audience instead of a shrinking one. And so a lot of people came in. I didn't watch Emily's season in real time. I, I watched loved it later. Emily's season. It's a great season. That was actually the first season of The Bachelorette that I watched all the way through. Like yeah. I saw some of um, Ashley's, but I, I wasn't like dedicated to it. Yeah. And then I watched Ben Flanick's season, and that's when I really became like a dedicated viewer. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of affection for Emily's season because it was really fun and she was fantastic. And at the time, I actually really liked. Sean, Jeff, and Ari, and I thought right. she had, like, a great final three. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that there have been a good number of people who have come into the Bachelor viewing audience, um, especially a lot of women of color. Yeah. Between yeah. Nick's season and and then, you know, because they want to support Rachel. And then, of course, like, most people who watch this, you get hooked really easily. Right. So it feels a little bit like a— we don't care about keeping the new audience that we've gotten drawn in. Right. Um, and that sort of bothered me. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly what the calculations were because it seems like Peter was offered it. And was making some demands or wasn't super into doing it. And that's similar to what happened with why Nick ended up becoming The Bachelors right. because their their initial pick became too much trouble. And so they just went back in the stable. And that's clearly—they've had Ari in their back pocket for years now. Yeah. Have Um, you met Ari? I have met Ari, yes. Um, I I actually met him and Jeff together um, Mm. a while back. And, I mean, I think— I hear they're not bros anymore. They're they're not bros anymore. Jeff was (laughs) tweeting about him. Yeah. So Jeff kind of tweeted something like, oh, the stories I could tell. And someone— tweeted at him or uh, he saw that someone was tweeting these allegations that the two of them used to go to sorority parties together and like hook up with a bunch of 18 year olds and Jeff was like I've never been in a sorority house and also Ari is disgusting oh yeah he said I've never actually been inside a sorority house as for him dot 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 I stopped being friends with him years ago because he's disgusting I mean, which I don't, would we really put a lot of stock? Also, I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust either of them. Yeah. But then also, every season they do a thing where they visit 
parties, you know, these watch parties, they're all in sororities. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, are you it's serious? True. Like, saying yeah. that you've never been in one? I don't believe it. And also, it's something that the show actually pushes for you to go to these sorority houses to these watch parties. Not that I'm saying that it's okay to date 18-year-old girls, 18 year old girls, which I'm not sure if they did. That's disgusting. But it definitely happens. And, I mean, as long as they're not underage— we, they're going on a show where sometimes there's a huge age difference, you know? They, and I, I'm going to be honest. I have an issue with that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, listen. why are you casting 23-year-olds to date a 37-year-old? Yes. It's very weird to me. Exactly. But then, too, like, there were some people who were like, um, I want it to be Peter, which Peter's how old? 32. 32. No, 30. He's like he's 30 or 31 he's or 32. Yeah. I don't know why I thought he was older. It's the hair. He just has salt, salt pepper. and pepper. Maybe that's what and, but. Ari's not that much older. No. You know? But he he was I think Peter had just around. turned thirty two. He was thirty one on okay. Rachel's yeah. season. But I think it's also yeah, the, the I think there's something older? about yeah, Nick's, knowing Nick's a year older than Ari. Okay. I, I think, think that yeah. yeah, I think they'll be around the same age at the time of filming. Yeah. Um I, I think there's something about the fact that we knew Ari as this like ready to commit single guy in his 30s-ish. And then five years, five years later. later, he still is. And there's, like, it's not r- entirely re- rational, but it has to do with how we, like, consume, like, narratives about people and characters on these shows. And there's a window when we're, like, you're ready to commit and it didn't work out for you on The Bachelorette. You should be The Bachelor. And then after a while, we're like, but if you're really ready to commit, wouldn't it have happened by now? I mean, or not. I, I can say I I was on Brad Womack's second season. You know what I yeah. mean? And so, I mean, it can definitely happen. And if anything, I mean, I'd like to think that Brad Womack's season was really entertaining. I mean, it was. I didn't even That know was who, actually my first season. I I didn't know who he was when I went on there. Like, they said, what do you think about Brad Womack? And I was like, is that a country singer? You know, <laughs> it does, it was, does sound like a yes, country singer was name. before I had watched it, though. And, um... I mean, he ended up being a just fine bachelor. So I, w- I would say, too, that Ari, you know, he didn't end up going and doing Bachelor in Paradise or anything kind of that would change our opinion about him. Like, as far as we know, like, <laughs> he just hasn't met the right one. Yeah. And I, that's at least a little respectable. I also always like most of these people end up fucking around. Yeah. And I'm sure most yeah. of the guys, even the ones we like, have been shitty to— some women they've dated. For sure. So, it, like, maybe he's a sleazeball, but maybe that doesn't matter. Like, right. I don't know how much that matters. It matters how he treats the women who will be on this season. It matters who they cast. Yeah. Uh, and I think all of that will be telling. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's a part of me that doesn't really tr- trust anyone who can be The Bachelor because you just you <laughs> make out with a ton of women right. and, like, pretend that you're into all of them. And I'm like— I'm I want kind of, someone to do it so right. I can watch, but, like, I find that weird. I'm kind of ready for someone who is—this is going to sound awful. I, I want someone who's ready to make out with a lot of people. Like, I almost feel like we've had a lot of bachelors who are really good people. Yeah. <laughs> so it hasn't been <laughs> as entertaining, maybe. Um, yeah, you get back—when you get, go back in Bachelor history, there are a lot of real sleaze balls back yeah. then. Yeah. That made it fun. Yeah. Jake Pavelka. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That was, like, the last season where I felt like 
The Bachelor, you hated him, but you like love to watch oh, it. Yeah, Juan Pablo, Juan Pablo, Pablo. which was I didn't an amazing like season. Juan Pablo oh, see, yeah. I loved that season because and I've said this on this podcast many yeah. times before, but I liked watching all of the women very obviously not like. Him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just, and he would do these really creative things like having sex with someone in the ocean, and then later pulling her aside and being like, "That was disrespectful to my daughter that oh, you had yeah. sex with me in the ocean." <laughs> Oh, I was like, what are you? What goes on inside that head of yours, you know, man? And at least uh, we know that Ari has some some makeout skills. There yeah, will be yeah. some solid makeouts on th- yeah. this season. And after the season <laughs> of Brian, I'm ready for someone who kisses in a camera friendly way to be on screen. Yes, yeah, it's time. <laughs> All right. Um, and on that note, I think we need to wrap it up, and we will have a bonus episode, a little more um, from. Um, Taylor and Derek coming this week and maybe some other things happening in the off season but otherwise we will see you in January that's so sad oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we all need um, we all need a little bit of a break so yeah. it's nice to have breaks exactly yeah, believe me <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for having me y'all yeah <laughs> come back you have to come back during RE season obviously oh, I will <laughs> And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Ashley Spivey, and of course, our producer, Nick Offenberg. You can find Here to Make Friends on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, give us a rating and review. It helps other people find our show. And you'll make sure not to miss any off-season bonus episodes we might come up with. You can find us also on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Uh, or you can always shoot us an email at friends at HuffPost.com. We'll be back soon to talk with Taylor and Derek for you guys. And uh, enjoy the off-season. See you around. <laughs> Hear you around. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 